When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Right now we're going to talk some Wales taking on the All Blacks. Entering Sunday morning's clash, it has been 69 years since Wales have last beaten the All Blacks. The streak is set to continue after our boys dismantled the Welsh in Cardiff to make it five wins on the trot in international rugby. Lauren Jenkins is a presenter and journalist for S4C and BBC Sport. She joins us to talk about what she witnessed from both sides yesterday morning. Morning, Lauren. Or should I say good evening to you yeah, over there in yeah. Wales? Good evening. Yeah, Sunday evening over there. Um, yeah, just getting our heads around the results. But how are you guys? We are good. We're good. We're, we've had a, a great weekend of sport here down under. We had our Black Ferns beating the French. So we're really, really happy. The Kiwis limping over the Fiji in the league. So no, we've had a great weekend of sport. Were fans pretty convinced entering the game that Wales had the All Blacks beat? Um, do you know what? I don't think anyone had them down as favourites. Um, I don't think anyone really tipped them to win, but a lot of people thought they had a chance, you know. And you hear Dean mm. after the game yesterday say, yesterday say well, crit- critics can say what they like, but it's now five wins in a row for, for the All Blacks. But... You know, it is true they beat Wales here last year and then lost six of the next eight against top ten teams. So, of course, Wales off the back of an away win in South Africa would have felt they had a chance. But ultimately, um, yeah, look, they were taken to the cleaners by the pack, blown away at the breakdown and were pretty sloppy in defence. And I think yesterday more than ever, a lot of Welsh fans um, were left thinking, why or oh, why did we leave Sean Edwards go? And you know what? I think it'll be one of Wayne Pivak's biggest regrets because um, for all he's trying to do an attack, you can't build momentum or win games if your foundations are in place. And it, yeah, it's pretty disappointing all around. The, the mood is quite disillusioned in Wales at the minute. Laura, do you, do you think the Welsh side probably was lacking a bit of game time leading into the start of the Autumn Nation series? Well, yeah, on the one hand, they do. And for whatever reason, um, Wales seem to play New Zealand in that first match. Um, they come into camp. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's something that's them to schedule in. And presumably in the last two years, that's been the only time it's worked to get them. But now there's suddenly a balance between, well, a New Zealand game will always sell out. We need to get it financially. And people suddenly thinking, well, we keep on shipping 50 points against New Zealand. I'll I'll stay at home. And it was interesting because when Pivak not necessarily used it as an excuse, but did refer to it in the post-match press conference yesterday, whereas Andy Farr 
Farrell, off the back of a win against South Africa, said um, they come into camp, the Irish pack come into camp every single time they get to work. Um, and there's plenty of confidence in the side. And a lot of it's down to culture, the attitude and the want to get better. Mm. I thought they showed fantastic spirit. So, you know, we could go into the pathway. We could go into how successful the provinces have been. But ultimately, it was a, a talented 15 Wales put out there yesterday. And for whatever reason, didn't gel. Well, do you think the disruption, obviously losing Dan Bigger and then... Um... You've got Gareth Anscombe coming in late. Did that play its part? And, and what's your thoughts on George North, the big man playing at centre? Have that? Have you? Are you convinced that that's his position? That's a position for him. Yeah, I think George North and Nick Tompkins went fairly well when Pivak has used eighteen different combinations in midfield. Mm. Finally, he seems to have settled on that partnership. But I think one of the biggest aspects was Wayne had said in the week he selected a side to counter an expansive New Zealand, picking two open sides in Justin Tipperick and Tommy Raffle. Yet the truth is the All Blacks played quite a direct and are playing quite a direct brand of rugby these days. And what Wales actually needed yesterday was probably the physicality on the gain line they showed in South Africa which Dan Lydiot was a big part of. But more generally, I, I don't know if anyone in Wales can say right now how Wales will play and who will be lining up. Because their best performances recently have been that sort of pressure game, better without the ball, kicking well, which is actually the opposite of what Wayne Pivak was meant to be about. You know, he, he came from the Scarlet. <laughs> played a lot of rugby, played an offloading game, played off turnover ball. Wales didn't win one turnover in the whole game yesterday. And I think as a coach, he is kind of caught in between perhaps the style he wants to play and the style he can play with the resources that are available to him, particularly at international level. Hey, Laura, what did you make of Geordie Barrett's move to 12? Well, yeah, he, he got the best of Rio Dyer, didn't he? Um, but... Yeah, look, I think from having spoken to some of the Kiwi journals over here, they were kind of saying it's what the what they wanted to see and what the New Zealand public wanted to see, um, but not necessarily what he thought Ian Foster would have gone with. But yeah, look, I I thought I, I thought he was great, but I think the all the papers over here today they're all talking about Adi Surveyor. Stuart Barnes in the Time this morning. Um, he wrote, he might not be the captain of this New Zealand team, but he's the heart, the soul and the essence behind the whole operation. Sam Warburton on commentary yesterday said, you know, give him world player of the year right now because he's head and shoulders above any other player in world rugby. And in any other game, you'd be speaking about his opposite number to Lupe Faletau, who made more, I think it was actually one fewer tackle for Wales than he'd ever made in any game yesterday. And look, he's been around for 10 years plus. Yet he's barely mentioned post-match because Ardy just had such a fantastic game and was, you know, just dominant in in every tackle and in every collision. There's been a lot of uncertainty down here, Lauren, and uh, so we're still a little bit apprehensive of where we're kind of seeing where the All Blacks are at, but that was it was a surprising performance because of what unfolded against Japan, but hey, that was a totally different squad. Where do you see the All Blacks at right at this moment, 
heading into a World Cup. Are you confident that they're back to their best or still a hell of a lot of work to do? I think, uh, you, you know, they still look like a team that will score plenty of points uh, against lower ranked sides. And where Wales were, yes, you know, I would class Wales as a lower ranked side yesterday. A few hours ago, I would have told you that a big performance against England would be more of a sign. But England have just yeah. lost <laughs> by a point <laughs> to Argentina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ultimately, at the moment, um, Ireland and France are the teams to beat without a shadow of a doubt. And, and I think that's realistically where New Zealand need to be measuring themselves against a year out from the World Cup. And look, you know, the, perhaps um, your listeners won't like listening to this, but the recent results against Ireland might tell you more about the team than, than this weekend's results mm. against Wales. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's right. You've still got that in the back of our minds Laura, what about uh, Wales up against Argentina next with Argentina beating the English? What what does your team need to do and what does Wayne Pivac, you sound like there's a few problems going on there in the coaching structure. What needs to happen? Yeah, well, I mean, they need to settle on a back row. You know, you look at Argentina today, they have a hard carrying back row who could cause chaos in Cardiff next week. And Suddenly, after beating England, I see them coming to the Principality as favourites, which is the first time I've ever said that. Their wing, Emiliano Buffali, who plays for Edinburgh in the URC, scored 25 points. Um, but to be, you know, you, you analyse the game, and they actually did to England what they did to New Zealand. They had 37% possession, 27% territory. I think they beat New Zealand in their scoring one try which perhaps you know look back at the Wales game and they should have altered their tactics but um, yeah look it's there there are lots of problems in Welsh rugby at the minute there's no the regions that with four domestic teams here who don't know their budget for next year which means you've got some world-class players likes of George North who can't be re-signed, who can't be nailed down to a region because there's so much tension between the union um, and the regional setups. They could be going into an international game, get injured, and their stock suddenly falls. I'm ashamed to say that the union really aren't looking after their players of the domestic game, which is going to trickle through to the international setup. The only thing I would say is that Wayne Pivak was more than aware of that when he took the role. He had a year notice before he even took the reins and he'd been working at the Scarlets for some time beforehand. So um, he would have known what he was getting himself into. Just quickly, Lauren, uh, is this a a collective for the whole entire of Europe with all the franchises? We've seen what's happened with Worcester and Wasp. Are, Are you expecting more? to struggle out of this financially and now we're going to see a little bit of a downfall in European rugby? Yeah, I mean, potentially. The one thing I would say is that the England, the Irish and the Welsh setups are are very different and I perhaps wouldn't use the term European rugby because I think Ireland have got it spot on. You know, their union controls their provinces. They've got fantastic... Um, development systems, fantastic schools, they're all singing off the same hymn sheet and um, the problems are a lot more obvious in in Wales and in England although, you know, the Premiership clubs own their players in England and it's, it's a kind of hybrid of the both that's going on in Wales. But look, ultimately yes, there's a lack 
of money in rugby and not many clubs are making a profit at the minute and success breed you know success is what gets people through the turnstiles so it's it's not looking great and um you know for you think under Wayne Pivak right Wales have won a six nation They've won away in South Africa, but Russ Petty, yep. who's a superb rugby statistician on Twitter, pointed out then 24 tests against the top 10 teams. They've only won six, and six of those wins, three of them, the opposition had a red card, and the South Africa one saw the box make 14 changes. So perhaps that's slightly papered over the cracks, and Wales are in a slightly worse position than even we tend to think they are. Which isn't the, you know, not the way to start a Monday morning. <laughs> um, but, but like, it, you know, I think rugby has got a lot of issues to address and we, we can really barely touch upon them. You know, whether it's the financial issues, whether it's concussion, whether it's how complicated the game is and how you engage fans. Um, but yeah, it, it, all those things are, are currently being discussed across numerous podcasts in Wales at the minute. Well, a lot, lot myself. Our listeners are loving your insights, um, Lauren. We appreciate you coming to our show. She said, knows more about footy than most. Brilliant. That is from Matt. So I totally, totally agree. Thank you so much for all those insights and uh, leading us what's My going pleasure. on in Wales rugby at the moment. Thank you very much, Lauren Jenkins, BBC Sport S4C. Thank you so much and, and all the best. Hopefully we can chat to you soon. Monday. There she is. Man, she was phenomenal, Ken. Like, wasn't she? <laughs> she's so knowledgeable. She and she's rattling off all the other she's rattling off all the other games and all the stats in the yeah. other games too. Oh very good. Very good. Good get, boys. Yeah, great get, great get. It just shows a eh? like you look at all the, the, the best uh, broadcasters in the world, man, they just do their mahi. Dig deep into those stats, and they know a lot about the game and sport than most. And uh, Laura Jenkins, well, she was one of those. So appreciate that. Um, awesome, awesome chat. There's a few messages coming through on the text machine. I like Geordie at 12, but the real test will be against England, who will almost certainly apply a more aggressive defence. That is from Jamie. So he's getting a little bit more convinced, but after that English test, we'll know really where Geordie sits, and there's another one there from Tim. We'll get to, oh, I'll read it right now before we get off the off-the-back fence there, Kempi. Lads, Geordie is our 12, and I think ALB at 13. But if Geordie is going to play 12 at the World Cup, he has to play every game in the next year in that position. I don't want to see him running around at 15 for the Canes. That is from Tim. Ooh, will Jace Holland make that call and keep him at, the, uh, keep him at 12 for the Canes? That is the difference. Whether... Foster and Co. had that much pull to be able to do that. It was great to chat to Lauren Jenkins out of uh, BBC Sport. Very, very insightful. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.